even the most chill people can get stressed out and their anxiety level can increase, especially because, you know, with this pandemic, things are constantly changing and, you know, we're making whenever it seems you make a plan and you're looking forward to that plan something could get in the way of that plan coming to fruition. And I know a lot of people are exhausted because they have already um, changed plans and uh, revised plans. Uh, and they, they've, you know, decided to do the best they can with what they have, right? But still, it is anxiety provoking. And we may not have much control over how this uh, Omicron is affecting our lives, but we do have a measure of control on how we respond to it. I was realizing the other day, I my anxiety level talking about the pandemic has started to increase steadily because I woke up at, you know, a quarter to one. And what did I decide to do? Start working. So there I am, you know, looking online for stories, trying to update myself as much as possible. And I realized that it's just upping my anxiety level. Dr. Uh, Anna Weinberg joins the show now. She's an associate professor in the Department of, of uh, Psychology at, at McGill University. And I'm so happy that she could join us because, doctor, I think it's super important that we understand that we are under a lot of stress, uh, but it is paramount that we start to do our best to reduce the stress. Don't let the anxiety get to you. How important is it, this idea of reducing our stress right now, especially as we come into the holidays? Uh, hi, Kelly. Yes. You know, I, I think that it is extremely important. And, and I mean, as you said, we're in an uncontrollable situation. Um, so in the absence of a very, very strong public health response, you know, we, we can't change the epidemiological situation. So um, what we can change, and I mean, and, and that should be changed, but what we can change is, as you said, how we respond to the stress that we're experiencing. And so, you know, being able to engage in strategies that can help us buffer against the effects of stress is really important for maintaining mental health over the holidays. Before we get to some strategies that you would advise, how important is perspective when dealing with anxiety? Like, should we start viewing masks and social distancing and the fact that we're going to have to watch ourselves again as not as a loss of control, but taking control of our situation? Is that going to help anxiety? Um, well, for some people, it certainly will. Yeah. I mean, so, and, and thinking about it in the way that you're framing it is a very good idea because, because we know that stressors and, and things that are threatening those feel much, much worse to us when they feel uncontrollable and unpredictable. So doing things that allow us to feel like we are, you know, more in control or that we are um, kind of seizing control over what we can control is actually quite helpful in reducing anxiety and reducing fear. So coping strategies of paramount importance. We've heard a lot of like people exercising and meditating over the... Uh, course of the pandemic for people that are starting to get exhausted. Um, yeah. What strategies do you recommend? Because I think some people are like, well, I've been doing that and now I'm still freaked out. Right, right. And I mean, and, and you know, there's no getting around the fact that this is a really, you know, that it is scary. I mean, we're living in kind of scary times. So it's appropriate to be anxious and scared sometimes. What you can, I mean, you, but it is important also to not be completely overwhelmed by those feelings. And so, you know, not to kind of beat the same drum over and over again, but some of those strategies that you're talking about are going to be helpful. And when we're talking about, you know, for example, something like exercise, which, which has been shown in a lot of studies to be very beneficial in, in helping people cope with stress, is it doesn't have to be um, hours of exercise every day. So, so one of the things that we know is that doing something like 10 minutes at a level that you find quite intense 
and that's different for everybody, that that can actually be quite effective or helpful in coping with stress. Uh, but there are a lot of other strategies, too. Um, so uh, one of them, uh, as you said, everyone's exhausted, um, is is trying to figure out how to get enough sleep because, uh, you know, getting between seven or nine hours a night for most adults is really going to be optimal for, again, allowing people to cope with the stress that we're experiencing. Um, and that's really hard when you're stressed and anxious, of course. But, you know, you noted that the first thing you did when you woke up I guess earlier than you normally do, was to start looking at the news. So one of the the kind of tedious but really helpful tips is just to to keep phones and electronics out of your bedroom. When you're trying to sleep, don't try to fall asleep reading the news, particularly catastrophic news. Um, And when you wake up, don't pull out your phone immediately. Um, There are a number of different strategies that you can use, but but what you want to do is try to practice what we call good sleep hygiene, so doing things that make the bed associated with sleep um, and not with things like, you know, reading or um, or doing work. All right. A lot of people, though, are, are waking up in the middle of the night. W- what strategy yeah. can you use to fall back to sleep uh, other than getting up and getting a warm glass of milk, which I've never in my life ever tried? <laughs> you know, neither have I. Um, and, and certainly that happens to me, too. So one of the things that you can do is, you know, give it about 15 minutes. And if you're not asleep after 15 minutes, then typically what we see is that people's anxiety just continues to mount over whether or not they're going to fall asleep. And then that makes it worse. So if after 15 minutes of wakefulness, um, you're still awake, then get up uh, and go do something else for a little while until you start to feel sleepy again and then come back to bed. Because again, you don't want bed associated with this kind of tossing and turning and anxious thinking. You want bed associated with sleep. Uh, so come back when you're feeling more sleepy. What about social media exposure? Should you be limiting that during the pandemic just because of all the information, misinformation out there? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great question. And social media tends to be a very mixed bag. So most of the data that we have on that shows that in some cases it can be incredibly supportive and people find it a lifeline, particularly when face-to-face contact is really limited that people can actually get good quality social support from social media accounts. And then, of course, as you say, there's a lot of toxicity and misinformation out there. So I think the best advice that I can give is that people just have to be mindful and deliberate about their social media consumption. So limit it to, you know, um, a certain trusted circle and to not too much time during the day. I know I was reading just recently that self-talk can be super harmful or helpful. What ifs? extremely anxiety provoking. You should stay away from the what ifs. What if I go out? I've got to go because you're going to have to go to the grocery store. Odds are unless you shop online. But what if you do have to go to the grocery store? Yeah. So, I mean, so when we're talking about people with clinical anxiety, what we, you know, those what ifs are going to be inevitable. Um, We're always going to be asking ourselves those questions. And uh, it's kind of, you know, what do you do with it after that, after the what if? And, And we really encourage people who catastrophize to pursue uh, that what if. So if they can't kind of put that worry out of their minds, then just keep going with it. Okay, so what if I go to the grocery store? So, you know, what's going to happen? Okay, so what if I do catch COVID at the grocery store? Then what happens? Um, what are the strategies that you have in place for coping with these things? And um, really just, hmm. you know, every time it comes up, not trying to shove the thoughts away because that will make it much harder and they'll just kind of keep coming back more fiercely, but to try to just pursue it to the logical end and do it again and again until it kind of gets boring. Um, that's and, and really that's interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. I have never heard that before because I was thinking that these are people that are asking what ifs. These are people that are looking at worst case scenario. But if you keep yeah. running the th scenario through your head, you might realize that the worst case scenario is uh, exponentially less plausible than the best case scenario. Yeah. That, I mean, less plausible, but also, you know, something that you can handle potentially. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I really, I, I like that one. I think, I hope somebody else is going to walk away with, with that uh, as well. Um, what about animals? Uh, yes. So um, we just got a puppy. Um, oh, yay. So is <laughs> Enjoy that <laughs> new fresh hell. Pandemic puppy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but there is, you know, so we know that, that social support is really uh, important during times of stress. But we also know that, um, that animals can be a very important source of social support for people. So there's a lot of data showing that pet owners, um, you know, have a lot of markers of, of health that are uh, better than non-pet owners. Um, so from like heart health to blood pressure. Um, but we also know that, that uh, being with a pet can kind of lower people's sympathetic nervous system response during times of stress, meaning so that's the kind of fight or flight response that people have. So, you know, there's one of my favorite studies that has ever been done was um, in a lab, people were being deliberately stressed out, and they looked at how people responded in terms of their cortisol response, which is a, a stress hormone, uh, if they were alone, if they were with a person, or if they were with a golden retriever. <laughs> and the people who just sat there with a the golden retriever tended to fare best in terms of, kind of the, the, the weakest uh, cortisol response, meaning that they, they, the physiological indicators of stress were the lowest. In the group yeah, I wonder the, how much that has to do with the fact that our animals root us in the present. Because my dog yes. does that. It's it's just you can't think of anything. You can't think of the future with the dog uh, unless it's like a very near future. Like I've got to go pee. Can you let me out? Otherwise, <laughs> you know, it's you're just in the present. You're just really like you know when you're chasing a dog around with a ball, or which I know you're not supposed to do, but my dog loves it. Uh, you know, you're playing with them. They love it. You're in the now. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, so, so anxiety is all about thinking about the, you know, or worrying about the unknown future. So you're exactly right. I mean, anything that keeps you in the now, in the moment is extremely helpful. Um, and I think also, you know, with, at least with, with some pets, um, so we do have cats too, they don't have as much of the unconditional love, but, um, but having uh, somebody in your life who's just thrilled to see you every single time that you walk into a room, that, that's helpful. That's a mood booster. Even if they did just be in the carpet, which is going to be your case very soon. Yeah, uh, exactly. Doctor, there's nothing better than an adorable little puppy. So enjoy the new puppy. Enjoy your holidays. Thank you so much. Hopefully, you know, you've imparted some wisdom on a few people that are just getting anxious around now. And I think it's important. You know, we always talk about bad news, but how do you cope with that bad news? Yeah. And thank you for having me. And I hope it can be helpful. Happy holidays. You too. Dr. Weinberg is an associate professor in the Department of uh, Psychology at McGill University.